0: Welcome back to the Back in Style podcast, the Twisted Mug Media Network's
1: Twin Peaks podcast. Matt, it's been a while. It has been a very long time, Logan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's been, a, it's been a couple of months. I don't know the exact time. But it we are been. back, quite literally. I know we made the in joke style. before. We made the joke before, but we're going to say it again. We are back in style. It's more true this time. It's been it's, way longer. It's been much longer. So, yeah, we're back with episode four of Twin Peaks, jumping jumping back where we left off. So Episode
0: four slash five.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, there's the weird thing. with. Yeah, the... a weird
0: thing. Got to yes. get back into that. Got to get back into all these characters. I know.
1: It, it was it was slightly confusing. I had to reacclimate myself with all the different plot lines and everything. But, yes, we are back with episode four, The One-Armed Man. That's right, The One-Armed oh.
0: Man. This one is uh, written by Robert Engels, directed by Tim Hunter, and edited by Paul Trejo. I'm pretty sure these are three uh, new faces in, uh, you know, writing, directing, and editing. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, and I, I think it works pretty well in this episode. I think there are uh, a few specific moments where you can really tell uh, the writing comes out, uh, the directing comes out. So I'm I'm excited to talk about those moments and
1: all of the other moments in this episode. I agree. Yeah, it definitely did have a different feel at times. But yeah, uh, let's jump into the synopsis. Yeah, uh, well, it's been it's been a while,
0: so I <laughs> might be I'm <laughs> I'll be even more rusty than normal. But um, yes. all right, let's give it a go. So from our essential wrapped in plastic uh, Twin Peaks holy grail as it were yes. uh, here's our plot summary um, Andy sketches the man in Sarah Palmer's vision Bob Cooper questions Jacoby the night Laura died Jacoby followed a man in a red Corvette a man Laura had spoken about Cooper knows that Leo Johnson drives a red Corvette Cooper's supervisor Gordon Cole calls to report Albert's test results Laura was bound with Finley's fine twine and the marks on Laura's shoulder were bird bites Cooper recognizes Andy's sketch of Bob as the man from his dream. Hawk has found the one-armed man, Philip Gerard, at the Timber Falls Motel. Cooper and Truman burst in and find Gerard. Cooper and Truman interrogate Gerard. His best friend, veterinarian Bob Lidecker, is at the hospital in a coma. Audrey tells Donna that Laura was seeing Dr. Jacoby. She also suspects that Laura was working at One-Eyed Jack's and plans to investigate. Hank has his parole hearing. Uh, Cooper and Truman arrive at the Lidecker Clinic. Cooper suspects that the bird that attacked Laura was a patient at the clinic, and he confiscates all of the office files. Bobby tells Shelley that Leo and Jacques may have supplied Laura with drugs. Bobby takes Leo's bloody shirt. Uh, Andy explains that Lucy won't speak to him. Cooper reminisces about a woman who was once special to him. Shelley tells Norma that she is scared of Leo. James sees Madeline. She looks like Laura. Uh, Norma learns that Hank has been giving parole. Uh, ben talks to Icelandic investors on the phone. Audrey convinces Ben to give her a job at the department store. Uh, Cooper learns that the plastic fragment in Laura's stomach was a piece of a one-eyed Jack's poker chip. Andy finds a file on Waldo, a mina bird owned by Jacques Renault. Uh, Cooper and the police raid... Oh, Cooper and the police raid Jacques' apartment. That's not police raid as a single term, but... uh, They raid Jacques' apartment where Bobby has hidden Leo's shirt. Uh, Cooper finds the shirt and sees Leo's initials. Ben hires Leo to burn the Packard mill. Donna and James discover that the buried necklace is gone. Josie finds a letter from Hank, a sketch of a white domino. Hank calls and asks if Josie got his message. And that is episode four of Twin Peaks, The One-Armed Man.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, so I... Obviously getting back into Twin Peaks after a very long time, it... Like it, it was confusing with the plot lines and everything, but as soon as those, soon as that theme song kicked in in the beginning with the shot of the bird, oh my god, I was just transported back into the world. Um, and that bird, I think, is something we'll talk about later. Yeah. was uh, slightly suspicious. Bird bites. Every single episode starts off with a bird. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. But uh, yeah, so this episode opens with um, uh, Laura's mom, right? And they're talking to the investigators, and right. uh, we see scenes from Invitation to Love yeah,
0: yeah. There's some of that. So with um, with Lucy, she's wa- she's That's watching. Right. Yes. she's watching an episode, and uh, she goes into a very long explanation. That I I said that we were kind of gonna uh, chart the journey of what's going on in Invitation to Love, but this this whole synopsis that Lucy is giving is even more long-winded than the one I just read. So I could not follow that at all. Uh, basically, what's happening on the screen? Is One of the characters is saying, "I'm married to your sister now. It's wrong," and I think we get a little bit of that later, um, with James running into Madeline at the Double R Diner.
1: Yep, because the character in Invitation to Love says, you know you can never tell us apart, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the Laura and Madeline played by the same actress, but two different characters, which I didn't know until Logan pointed it out (laughs) last (laughs) time, which blew my mind. No,
0: I, I loved it because, uh, she had a line, um, she goes, uh, oh man, I'm trying to find, oh yeah, um. She 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 says, "Do do you think we look alike?" And James goes, "Yes." And I just wanted her to say, "Because we're the same actress." Like, it's us. It's still me.
1: <laughs> oh, James. <Or> James. <laughs> oh, what a fellow. Oh, sweet
0: dumb James. <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, I mean, back to the Sarah uh, Sarah Palmer scene. yeah she's she's describing this this vision she had, um, and you know, this is stuff we've seen before. Um, I think maybe the most interesting revelation during this scene is that uh, Andy Brennan is a great artist. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's really good at,
1: at drawing. I didn't realize that, that is that he was drawing that. Yeah, I mean, his skills may not lie in the social area, but he's an artist at heart. That's right, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, and then we see Laura's dad. Um, I love it whenever he pops up on screen. He's such a good actor. What uh, Ray yeah. Wise? Yeah, Ray Wise. Ray Wise. Right. Oh, he comes in disheveled with a bathrobe and kind of makes uh, makes light of uh, pokes fun at the visions that his wife is apparently having and doesn't really believe it. Yeah, he was in uh,
0: recently. He was in like
1: a Dr Pepper
0: commercial. I'm pretty sure. Whoa, um, really? Yeah. yeah, it's it's like about um, I think it's like the Fansville uh, oh my commercials or something. Yeah, and he's like. So it's it's I don't know it's like a small town it's like a Twin Peaks basically oh. uh, spoof that features Dr. Pepper so uh recommend watching that if you, okay, if you, I'll you like have re- to check lines. that out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um yeah, I know. Yeah, great actor. Um then from here we get to uh the police station. Uh very interesting scene with Jacoby.
1: Yeah, Jacoby just everything about the character, the way that he speaks, the way he delivers these lines. I when I was watching this Watching the scene, I was just trying to imagine what this looked like on the script. And like I don't know, I was just thinking like if I read those lines, you know, how they would sound. Like I would just kinda like read them normally, but then like the way he delivers it is so like disjointed and he puts emphasis on words that like are sh- like that you wouldn't normally place an emphasis upon. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I mean the the beginning of the scene is so funny where he's he's doing uh magic tricks with golf balls. Yeah, you like you they tap they pop out of his mouth. And I don't know. Right, right before I watched this episode, uh, I watched the movie Airplane. Have you ever
1: seen that? I've seen scenes, but I thought they
0: and there's there's this one scene where you know a woman gets very sick. It um, was kind of like the whole a whole plot of the movie. But uh, this woman is sick on the plane, and and she starts spitting out eggs, just like <laughs> regular chicken eggs. Um, and the doctor's getting it, and they do they do a funny. Hand trick where she just keeps the same egg in her mouth, oh. and the doctor keeps moving his hand over it, and so it looks yeah. like they just keep coming out.
1: Oh, um. I see.
0: Yeah, so that that's kind of what I was imagining during this. Um,
1: yeah, just really, really, really funny scene, funny yeah. stuff. And all the while, the map of Tibet is in the background, which Cooper talked about in a previous episode about he what was it? he had a dream that yeah. opened his eyes to the plight to the Tibet people. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, yeah, something like that, and and you know. Jacoby is just dancing around all these questions. He's talking about Tibet and Hawaii. His obsession is Hawaii. Yes.
1: Um
0: he goes yeah, on and he has a line where he's like, "Maybe there's some kind of hula that we can use to get around, a, you know, yeah, doctor-patient yeah. confidentiality." Well,
1: and it's interesting because they're they're hammering with all these questions about Laura, and you would think that him being her therapist, he would be the most knowledgeable about it in her life, but even he's like he. Like, he confesses, like, I don't, no one really knew what was going on. She, I forget what the line was exactly, but he said, like, you know, she was complicated or she had a bad past or something. So it, yeah. it's, you know, no I, one really knows. Right. She was a
0: mystery to everyone. Yeah. Which is interesting. And again, I mean, we, so what I love about this scene is that Cooper really just, like, wants to cut right to the chase and he just, he's just asking these questions, you know, who killed her? Uh, like, did you have sex with her that night? And, and Jacoby's, you know, going on about Hawaii and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I think that's why that's... I think that is why this was a really good scene. Agreed. Um, and they mentioned uh, the red Corvette, which, you know, Leo Johnson, uh, we yes. now have the red Corvette, and we, and, and we actually see it uh, later in the episode. Yes. Um, and a very interesting scene. And then, you know, from this police station, uh very interesting phone call with Cooper's supervisor, Gordon Cole. Yes, who we have not seen yet. We have not seen him yet, um, but... When we do, I think you will realize that it's a very familiar face because uh the actor who plays him and actually does the uh voice in this in this scene obviously is David Lynch
1: oh yeah i think I think I knew that David Lynch did appear in the show as a character, but I didn't know who it was. yes,
0: yeah, so this is him. he's kind of giving himself a cameo um. He he gets some he gets some fun scenes that I
1: I think David David is just having fun, you know. Relishing it, yeah. Writing these
0: and, and just putting himself
1: in the role. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, so he's talking about how Albert uh wants to he's trying to like go have legal action against um Sheriff Truman, which I'd forgotten about, that whole yeah. that whole heated exchange and oh my goodness, Albert. I I was hoping he would be in this episode. Yeah. What a fun guy. <laughs> yeah. He's great. But um I yeah, I think the really fun part about that
0: is that um you know, Cooper really you can tell that he really uh, respects Gordon a lot. Yeah. And, you know, as soon as he calls, he's like, all right, all right Truman, you know, this, this is my supervisor, we've got to... And then, you know, towards the end of that scene, once he brings up Albert, he has got no problem defending Truman,
1: which I think is really cool. It's interesting. Even, like, throughout this entire episode, I was just struck at, like, these cops are so nice. Like, Hawk and Cooper and Truman together, and, um... Uh, what's the other guy who did the uh, sketches? Andy. Andy. Yeah. Did, like, they're just such... So like, I don't know. You, they... They go against like the stereotype of like the hardened individuals who are like very cold. But well, I don't know. Cooper's always very accommodating, especially in this episode. It was just, it was interesting.
0: Yeah, he's um he's 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 got a scene later, uh you know at the gun range where um you know, he did, he just says something super nice to Andy. I mean Andy like <laughs> completely misses. You know? I know. Like, like Hawk does really well, and he's like, wow, great job, Hawk. Like you you know you got two kills and four you know four hits or whatever. Um. And he's like, Andy, we have some work to do, but we're gonna get you there. It's just like, something like really nice and so so uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, where it really was. Um, uh, so yeah, from from that police station scene, uh, we go to this motel, um, and I kind of like that they picked this motel for uh, two things that are gonna happen at the same time. Um, so we get to see Ben and Catherine, um, and I guess I mean they can't meet at the Great Northern because. Like Ben's wife is probably there. They can't meet it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Catherine and Pete's house because Pete is there. Um, so yes, yeah, so they're at they're at this motel. Uh, they talk about you know the mill again. It's not really that interesting, but it's
1: it just keeps the thread going, I mm-hmm. guess, through the yep. series. Their, so their plot to burn the mill down and frame this whole thing. But yeah, so that's going on. Then at the same time, you've got Cooper and the cops rolling up, and they're going to investigate this apartment. Where apparently um, Gerard, Mr. Gerard. Philip Gerard. um, Philip Gerard. Yeah. Yes, is, And um, we get a great scene as they're rushing to bust down the door. Um, Andy drops his gun and it fires, (laughs) Uh, which later, later leads to the gun range practice. But they throw open the door and... What we see is a man, you know, with a towel around his waist, probably you know just got out of the shower, standing near the closet, and he's kind of like uh, to the side, so we just see uh, one arm. And then they say, "All right, turn around, put your arms up," and he kind of hesitates. Then he turns around, and inter- we see that he has only one arm. And this was terrifying. Yeah, oh, I know. Goodness. Well, they they've got the line, you know, hands in the air. Yeah,
0: haha, oh, ha, ha, very funny. And you know, <laughs> I mean, the episode is called "The One-Armed Man," so yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. and and also we we saw him in Cooper's dream. Yes, so we did, and it's he looks not...
1: he looks a little bit different because mm-hmm. I mean in the dream he was so mysterious looking and um, very sin- sinister, but yeah, when he turns and this music kind of like takes this little turn, that was that was very terrifying. Just like I don't know, it was so blatant, just like shocking. Just it it would have been different if he was like fully clothed, but the fact that he had no shirt on and we just saw that arm, it was yeah. interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was, and and that actor. Um, actor's name is completely escaping me right now Oh yeah i forget um yeah i don't know i'll, I'll try to try to check on that oh uh al strobel is the guy's okay. name yeah. um and he yeah i mean the, he really only has one arm uh, in real life okay um, yeah so this, i mean it's not like cgi or anything or you know just shoving the arm inside the shirt i mean that's yeah. really um which which is interesting yeah it's i mean i like that they you know they did that they they're really making it authentic um, yeah,
1: but yeah. so so then they get into this exchange, and the cops are questioning him, and they ask him about his friend. Um, they ask him if he know if, they know, if he knows a Bob, and mm-hmm. he says, yeah, you know, that's my best friend, veterinarian, but apparently he got into a bar fight, and apparently that sounds like Bob. Um, and then we find out he's a shoe salesman, but he only sells shoes with right feet yeah. on, on the right foot. Yeah. Well,
0: that, that's like the sample ones that he gives. Okay, which, the sample which, ones. Which yeah. I think is clever, because... Um, you know he only has one arm yes. and stuff, but uh, I I kind of like the idea that it, you know whenever there's I mean it's called Twin Peaks and, you know we talk about this duality and and whenever we're um, you know in a situation where you know there should be two of something but there's only one with you know with his arm uh, with the shoes there's there's something off mm-hmm. um, and I think that's I think you know the, the the suitcase with the shoes I think you know there's the fact that he's uh, that uh, he only has one arm I think that's a really clever. Way to be just a little bit off-putting.
1: Yeah, and it's so it's interesting because they ask him, and they ask him about the tattoo, and he says he starts crying, and he says that it says mom. Mm -hmm. So the Mike that we see here is complete, or the Gerard or whatever. Yeah, and by the way, Philip Philip Gerard says that his middle name is Michael. Yes. So it's he's completely different from what we saw in Cooper's dream, Um, just in like demeanor and the manner. So it's. I don't know, it's, was Cooper's dream just his interpretation? Like, was that actually true? Is this, is this is Mike just putting on, like, a facade and, you know, pretending that he's, like, the shoe salesman guy? I don't know. It was well, yeah, interesting. And,
0: and, I mean, so far, you know, we've been able to trust everything in Cooper's dreams. But, and, yeah, yeah.
1: And, and in, in
0: Sarah's dreams, mm-hmm. uh, for that matter. I mean, we know that the, um, and we know we know about the necklace in the woods, so we know that that part of it was true. mm mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, this this is something that doesn't really add up. You know, they go and and it's just this nice uh shoe salesman who was just out of the shower and you know, he's he's not doing anything wrong. He's not killing anyone. Uh he's not, you know, cutting off anyone's arms. Uh, he was just in an accident. Um and yeah, so so that's that's kind of interesting. It's not really adding up. I I do kind of want to call attention to the fact that uh like you said when he starts crying, uh you know, with the mom tattoo, uh it I I I I felt this again like with um uh oh, Jacoby uh, in that one episode that that it kind of looked like he was laughing a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. you know, right like right before it cuts. Um, That's
1: right. Yes, it's it's slightly off putting. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. doesn't all add up. So I'm I'm interested to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely interesting to see. Uh, I want to hop back
1: to that uh, scene with
0: Ben and Catherine. Oh yes, Ben. Yeah. So overall, not that interesting a scene, but I, I just wanted to like. I was just wondering about, because Ben says, like, I'm going to go give Elvis a bath, or something like that, and, yeah. and and you're thinking, like, does is Ben, like, calling himself Elvis? Is that, like, some kind of weird, I don't know, like, role-playing thing that Ben and Catherine are doing? Because like, he's what?
1: holding, like, a miniature Elvis. But then he
0: holds up this, like,
1: Elvis yeah. puppet, like and... looks like some sort of, like, bath toy like i uh, i have no idea (laughs) i was so confused yeah that's
0: a really weird one i that i still don't understand that i I mean i can you know i'm looking in this book i'm not seeing (laughs) really anything about
1: this there's so many things in these twin peaks episodes where i just want to sit down with the writer and be like Huh? Like, what? What? Why did you write this? Like, yeah. is, is this like an inside joke between the in the writers' room, or like, what's going on here? Am I just not smart enough to see the connection? <laughs> yeah, no, I had I had no idea about
0: that one. Not sure. Um, and yeah, so um, you know, they kind of they kind of follow that lead uh, a little bit later, but um, yeah, you know, then we're. Oh, as, as, they're lead, after, as they're leaving this motel, Hawk finds out, you know, Josie Packard was staking out here. Yeah,
1: who who we saw in the beginning before they stormed in, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, following Catherine and Ben. Interesting, yes. Yeah, so
0: she's kind of on to Catherine and Ben, you know, and and we get a phone call later. Uh, that's really interesting because, um, you know, Truman just calls Josie. Um, I mean, everyone's calling Josie. You know, Truman yeah. calls Josie, Hank calls Josie. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: but and he asks and she just goes
0: uh I gotta go can't can't talk about that right now
1: yeah it's interesting because we're starting to see like things tangled together because in you know, the first couple of episodes it was like alright we got you know Ben doing his thing and Cooper's here but now everything's starting to get tangled together and kind of confusing in ways that aren't exactly going to work because Josie is with Truman but they're like trying to keep that under wraps but now she's kind of like getting into this investigation and I'm interested to see where that goes
0: yeah yeah definitely and um I mean, after this, we uh, we get to a scene at the high school in the bathroom uh, with Audrey and Donna.
1: Yeah, um, this is a cool scene. I, I love the design of the bathroom. There's kind of these red red stripes across the walls. Once uh-huh. again, the appearance of the color red. Yes. Um, and they're just kind of delivering this snappy back and forth dialogue. Yeah, um,
0: and I, and and like what you said, with everything kind of starting to come together, they each have connections that sort of like bring each other with the other, you know, um, I mean, Audrey's brother is Johnny, um, you know, Johnny is, uh, you know, kind of working with Jacoby, Jacoby obviously, like, was Laura's psychiatrist, so like, she knows some details that Donna doesn't, um, and then Donna, like, has also got some some details that Audrey might be looking for, but yeah, I, I like that Audrey is, like, now in and is, like, trying to investigate, like, like Donna and James are kind of trying to do, um, but At the same time, her motivation is just that she can, you know, she can marry Cooper after it's all over, which I think is just hilarious because, you know, she's just wrapped herself up completely in a murder investigation because, you know, she likes this stranger from out of town.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And they talk about, um, Laura and her cocaine problem and, you know, Mm -hmm. apparently, you know, that wasn't too much of a secret and yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting.
0: Yeah, but I mean, out of the scene, we get we get some really cool um, oh. devel- development about. Um, I mean, like they're gonna start doing some sleuthing of their own, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is really cool. And they they mentioned the perf- the perfume counter, at yes, Horns Department Store again, which yeah. which not fully sure what's going on with that, but um, yeah. we think I think thus far we think that it might be kind of revolving door type situation with uh, One eyed Jacks that maybe you know get a job at the perfume counter, you have a connection,
1: but. Um, we'll see kind of
0: where that goes. Yeah,
1: and there's um, Audrey offers up this really cool line in the scene, which I really like. She says, um, "Hot, cold. It's like ice. It's like an ice cube on a skin for on your skin for a long time." Mm. And I, she was talking about that in relation to the what was it? Dreams. She was. I think. Yeah. I'm actually blanking on what it was about. I think it was a dream or something about Laura or something that she had thought about. But I just thought that was interesting. She was, you know. Talking about how it wasn't completely right, you know, there was something. It, it was, it was supposed to be sad, but it was, it was, it was strange. That's kind of yeah,
0: yeah, and again, just kind of things are you know slightly off in this episode, and and in all the episodes, you know, they're just they're they're starting to get weird, and they're mm-hmm. they're building to something. Um, and then you know after this we're at uh, we're at the jail. Um, and we meet Hank's. Uh, we yeah we meet Norma's uh, husband Hank. Who I don't think we've seen before. Yes, the first appearance of Hank. First
1: appearance of Hank.
0: Um, what, do you, what do you think about Hank, just overall?
1: Yeah, so when we first see Hank, it's like, all right, you know, he seems... Oh, remind me, he's in jail because he... Was it murder? No. No, I think he... Um, was it he beat
0: someone up? I think it was, like, he he repaired a car and then it, like, went, you know, it went wrong and, like, killed some people. and. Okay, I... I'm I'm not I'm
1: not quite exactly sure what happened. I I forget. Really, but
0: yeah, I mean we get the sense, you know, he doesn't think that it was his fault.
1: Yeah, so he comes off as you know kind of nice and he says, you know, it's hard to believe, but like I'm I'm trying to get I'm trying to get my life together. Um, and Norma just kind of offers up this like quiet support, you know. I, you can—that's she, a. She's such a good actress. I, I forget mm-hmm. the lady's name, but I think she is so good. How like, you Yeah, you can see kind of like the the kind of conflict and struggle going on inside because she is having an affair with um, Ed, mm-hmm. and she's kind of weighing what she's going to do. I with don't this think whole, we saw in this episode. We did not see. I'm sad about. Yeah. No Ed and Nadine. But, it, but it's interesting, so Hank's kind of like doing this thing, but then when we see him in front of the judges, he's like really articulate and he's kind of like spinning this kind of story, and he's talking about how fate and luck and he's kind of fantastic terms but then when we see him later on in the scene, he acts really creepy when he offers up this eerie line when he says, "Catch you later to norma before walking out yeah. the door and he, it's it's interesting we see the appearance of the the domino the domino Ew. really
0: really strange um i mean we we can just hop on to later in the episode when he um you know, he's, he, he calls Josie. He sends Josie a note um, that's just a sketch of a domino. Which So Hank, I guess, is also a really good artist. So we Definitely. have now Hank and Andy, to, uh, <laughs> two uh, art aficionados on, on the show. Um, and he gives her a call. I, I, I always find this scene kind of weird. And he sends her a letter and then calls her right after. Did he get my message? Um, <laughs> and, you know, nothing really happens in that conversation um, other than... It just cuts to him, and he says, "Catch you later." Yeah. Yet again, and then he's just—he's just sucking on this domino, and Ugh. like, it's so weird. It's—it's—it's it's, it's just
1: off-putting. Oh, it's really. so gross-looking. Oh God, yeah. It's—I don't know what's going on with him, and I remain suspicious of Norma. I, I think Norma's got some. I think she's going to play a huge role in whatever's to come, or she's. I think already... she's too nice. I I had something something about her man. Yeah. That, Peggy Lipton, that's such a good performance. Oh my goodness. Very
0: good. And and yeah. something specific in in her performance um that gives us a kind of parallel to uh the type of Ed and Nadine dynamic that we've been uh doting on recently, but uh during the during the hearing um she says uh, you know the 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 people are asking her like how how do you expect to kind of help him assimilate into society and she goes well he's my husband isn't he and yeah it's kind of or no it's it's yeah like do you plan to live together as man and wife he's my husband isn't he and it's just i mean like it's a witty line but at the same time she just looks so sad
1: yep it's like yeah you know, well it's you know that's what i got to do i guess
0: yeah and and they both just feel stuck and trapped um which and you know ed can't get out of his relationship um Norma can't get out of hers and so it's just that's just a really sad situation yeah, to watch.
1: And, and in this scene she was holding on to hope that maybe he would stay in prison, but we find out later he's he got parole and now he's gonna come out. She's really in a pickle now.
0: Yeah, and, and it's a very cute scene between um uh Norma and Shelly. Yes. You know, they have uh you know, we have got two men apiece and we don't know what to do with any of them. Yeah. Yeah, which which they're both in um some some decently similar situations uh yes. one of the, one of their husbands is uh kind, kind of a delinquent and yes maybe psychopaths yeah maybe very maybe very good chance of that yeah um yeah and uh so uh after this scene we're now at the
1: veterinarian yes very very cool scene uh very busy scene uh-huh once again, another weird scene because they walk into the veterinarian's office and we get this shot of the waiting room and there's this giant llama standing in the center of the room and all the people on the walls and the paintings look so tiny in relation to him. And to the llama's left is a giant fire hydrant Looking thing, did you see that? No, I actually didn't. I guess yes. I was too
0: distracted by the llama.
1: I think I don't know what it is, but it is a fire hydrant, but it's like blown up and it's huge and it's bright red. And I don't know if it's like an animal feeder, but it's it's in the shape of a fire hydrant for sure. I like I, the. Sh- it was so weird. It's so surreal. It looked. I don't know. It kind of reminded me of like a painting you would see, like, in an art museum. Just a very, like, surrealist work with, like, the objects completely out of relation <laughs> yeah, to each yeah, other. Yeah. Oh, it was very weird. <laughs> but
0: uh, this llama, I'm pretty sure, I, I don't have the exact uh, uh, evidence for it, but I'm I'm pretty sure I remember hearing that this this was just another one of those things. It was on set, and their director just said, uh, yeah, we'll use it. You know, they saw, like, a llama passing by.
1: They just saw a llama passing hey, by. Hey, can we,
0: you know, use that llama? Um, which I think is just <laughs> perfect. They incorporated it into... <laughs> You know, it just... It works. Yeah, I mean, just uh, Cooper and Truman are just talking, and, and this llama just comes right through. Yeah. Um, just stares Cooper directly in the eyes, and then they move on. They don't talk about it's it at so all. It's so
1: funny, and it's interesting, because if you focus in on Truman on that scene, I I think you could see him trying to hide down a smile and a laugh, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I, absolutely. I, I'm not... If I was an actor in that scene, oh, my God, I'd be dying. That was hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um...
0: So, uh, yeah, they 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 ask for the files here because, you know, they think they think Bob is the uh veterinarian, but the receptionist tells them no. You know, this is not he's that like that that picture is not him. Yes. Um which so, you know, if if the Bob that Philip Gerard knew is the Bob from the dream, then he can somehow change his appearance, which is interesting because Philip Gerard doesn't change his appearance for Mike with whatever is going on there.
1: Yeah, and even in Miss Sarah, the mm-hmm. Laura's mom, like what 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 we see lines up with Cooper's dream, and yeah, we never see Bob in this episode, but I wonder what he'll look like.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm not quite sure where the Bob Lidecker thing, uh, sort of goes, where it ends. Um, but yeah, this, this receptionist is. Just, just super sure that it's not him um so but cooper says something really interesting and he says you know in an investigation the um you know the the quickest way between two points is not always a straight line yeah um which i like because you know they they went out of their way they got to philip gerard who you know referred them to this veterinarian um who you know he he may not be bob but they found the minor bird Mm -hmm. um and so they talk about that a little a little later. Uh, it's it's Waldo. Waldo the miner. Yes. Um, yeah, which... Find his file.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. Is that, is that scene... That's a little bit later, right? Yeah, yeah, it is a little bit yeah, later. Yeah, but just talking about the bird bites, what an interesting and strange... Because, I mean, that that came from Albert. That was the autopsy. There were, there were bird bites on her shoulder, which yeah. is... That's not something you typically hear out of, you know, like a crime scene or a torture yeah. scene. I'm not even sure. Do you just, like sick a bird on the person, or you hold the bird there. Right. I,
0: I mean, it's got to be well-trained. Tell it, 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 bite. Yeah, bite. Like bite I don't, I don't
1: understand how that works. <laughs> but <laughs> once again, just a weird detail.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, very weird detail. And I also wanted to point out the slogan for this veterinarian's office. I don't know if you saw it, but it says something like, you know, uh, uh, like Lidecker Veterinarian Service. Uh, underneath that it goes, it says, Aid to the Beast Incarnate.
1: I did it just see that. seems
0: like such a weirdly ominous uh, slogan for a veterinarian.
1: Yeah, Aid to the Beast Incarnate. I don't really understand. I, I mean, that,
0: that sounds like, you know,
1: something that fits into Mike's poem about the, <laughs> the dark of future past. Yes, for a quiet little veterinarian office in the middle of the woods. I don't know. Yeah. Really, really strange. But um, A poet as well as a veterinarian, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who knows. Um, and then,
0: oh, we got, we got some really cool stuff with Bobby and Shelly.
1: Yes, uh, so they're engaged. Some good development. Yeah, engaged in a heavy makeout session. Yep,
0: heavy heavy makeout session. Bobby just starts talking out of nowhere about how mad he is at at James. <laughs> he just he just <laughs> completely ruins the mood. Just
1: oh yeah, I just really want to kill James. Classic Bobby. So funny. <laughs> yeah, so they're doing this while Leo's away, and he's and he's worried because he says, you know, when's are we making? Like, are you sure that Leo won't walk in on us? Because because Bobby knows, like Leo is not a guy to me, me mess with. He had the encounter with him in the woods with the football, where he throws it. Oh my gosh, such a good scene. I, I mean, and Shelly knows as well. She's been around that guy for a while. He's not someone to be messed with.
0: Yeah, and and we do see Leo later in the episode, but I mean, he's really not around much. And sometimes, somehow, I think that he's even scarier in this scene oh. where they're where they're just talking about him. Oh yeah, you it's can't weird. see him and. and you know they're they're just mentioning him. Um, I think it's really really scary stuff uh, when it comes to Leo. But yeah, we I mean we got some more development about how he's uh, running drugs across the border with
1: Jacques. Yeah, which I mean Bobby knows. Yeah. Because the, yeah. they got the drugs, in that yeah. one ep- yeah in the one episode, and he suspects that they were giving it to Laura, which seems like a logical something logical to pull. So yeah, it's. And then and then we find out that um, Shelley has a gun
0: yeah I think we might have seen that before but this is I mean this is the first time that it's oh I really... think we did
1: yeah because she gives the bloody shirt to Bobby and he says all right you know this is gonna help me which we find out later he's gonna plant it in Jock's room mm-hmm. um, but yeah she pulls out the gun you know she, maybe she's, she's got some dubious plans for Leo
0: yeah definitely so. there's, there's
1: a lot of this there's a lot of affairs and people trying to get away from their spouse and yeah it's a lot of tangled relationships.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then, right after this, we have what I think is probably the best scene in the episode, this gun range. I, I talked about it before, but it is it is really an awesome scene. Um, and I don't really have many notes on it just because, um, you know, it's, it, it was just such a great scene and I was so uh, engaged in it. I was just watching.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's, it's got some really funny moments. I, I like the part where hawk goes on this sort of monologue about um <laughs> about love and like animals or something and he says yeah. that he, it was for his girlfriend who was a phd at some college or yeah. town or something
0: yeah I, I wrote down this quote just because i really liked yeah. it he goes uh one woman can make you fly like an eagle another can give you the strength of a lion but only one in the cycle of life can fill your heart with wonder and the wisdom that you have known a singular joy so i just think that's a that's a great moment for hawk
1: Yep, and he he's kind of delivered a line similar to this at the end of episode. Uh, uh, the one that ends with uh, Laura's dad kind of crying uh, at, at the dance. Yes. Because while that's happening, right. I, f- I forget yeah. what
0: his line is, but I think that I might be able to find it in some way. Um, um, I, I wrote yeah. it
1: down in my notes for the episode, but he, he said something about, you know, um, about fate, or it was something very poetic and yeah. know, something about animals and, you know, very mystical sounding. Um, so. Yeah, it seems like everyone in the Twin Peaks town is, you know, very, very artistic and poetic underneath uh-huh. their regular mundane e- even profession. Even the veterinarians. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, here we go.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, of course, you know, Cooper Cooper is great uh, at Cooper. handling a gun. That's, that's, that's no surprise. That's just a fun moment. Um, Hawk goes, you know, only four hits. No, I put, I put two through each of the eyes and then, <laughs> and then one through the nostrils.
1: <laughs> a very funny moment.
0: Um, we are. But now... he, well, yeah.
1: But but before that, right. or after that. So what Hawk says about his love that kind of leads to the masking Cooper if he has someone like yeah. that. Yeah, and Cooper um talks about you know someone he once knew who. Um, taught me the importance of um, of love or something along those lines and
0: a commitment I think is. Yeah, and we've yeah.
1: seen him in the previous episodes uh talking on the recorder to what's Diane. the name? Diane? Yeah. So we don't know if this is a love, you know, that died or someone, you know, the one that just got away. So we're not we don't know anything about that yet.
0: Yeah. 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 that's uh that's very interesting. Um well, right after this we uh get to go to the double the double R diner. Oh. Um and we have Toad, who is again just this recurring guest who just kind of hangs out in there and doesn't tip well, apparently. Yeah, apparently, apparently not. Um, yeah, you know, we get this whole scene with uh, Norma and Shelley. Um, good, good stuff from them,
1: obviously, and they talk about how they're going to go kind of um, on on a self care day uh, the yeah. next one, which I think the next episode is going to cover that's fun, which kind of begs
0: the question who's running the diner like do other people work there we've, so, o- we've only seen uh, Heidi yeah. the, the German who's never on time oh
1: that's right yeah so Norma owns the restaurant
0: correct? yeah okay yeah
1: Yeah. so that, that is true I don't know if you can really just take a day off like that <laughs> yeah I know but I, I mean apparently they're going to do it yeah um
0: So yeah, and and so
1: then James walks in, right? Yep. Um, and he calls Donna. He calls Donna. They're talking. We get some more of this James Donna (laughs) relationship. And I love how.
0: And I love how again it's kind of the same thing that was happening with Jacoby talking about Hawaii while Cooper is trying to get answers about Laura, and uh, Donna is trying to tell James about, uh, you know what she heard about Sarah Palmer's visions because you know she was there. Uh, while they were doing the sketches, for some reason, talking about the yeah, he, she was just kind of in that That's scene. Right. Um, but while she's doing this, Doc Hayward is just yelling at her about diet lasagna. Yeah,
1: apparently there's some church potluck dinner, yeah. and um, <laughs> and oh, I love the line because the dad is yelling that um. At Donny's, like, and he's like, tell him to come over, like, telling James to come over, and yeah. James is like, you know, I don't, I don't think I'd be co- good company. I was like, yep, I, I, th- I, I agree know. with that. <laughs> I would agree with that. I was like, I don't know if they want you, your church chir- at their church like dinner. Yeah, what, <laughs> what was it? He was drinking. Was it like chocolate
0: milk or orange juice? Or something? <laughs> yes. Fruit punch. Yeah. Um,
1: Judge, Yeah, judging on that last visit, that very awkward visit. Um, yeah, that was that was painful. Oh God. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, so then, and then we get Madeline, Madeline Ferguson walking. Yeah. So I believe we talked about the name before, mm-hmm. which you opened my eyes to this, uh, um, yeah. Vertigo. Uh, so Madeline Ferguson is a combination of the two characters That's names right. from Vertigo, Scotty Ferguson and, uh, Madeline, I forget her last yeah. name, but Madeline, mm-hmm. which is very interesting because, you know, both movies kind of deal with uh deception and doubles and, and the hair dye, hair dye. Yeah. People looking like each other, people changing their appearance, it's it, and people falling in love with people who look like other people yeah. or who are the same person it's very interesting uh, it does not surprise me that Lynch threw this detail in
0: yeah yeah and and Lynch has um I, I believe Lynch okay, so the name Philip Gerard um apparently I don't know if you've ever seen the movie the fugitive uh I, I think it's Harrison Ford, I yeah was, I was reading just a little bit about this before, apparently there's a character with one arm in that uh it might actually be Harrison Ford, I'm not sure um And there's, you know, a a policeman whose last name is Gerard. So I guess that's that's where he got that one. Oh, Um, I didn't realize
1: the future uh, had come out before this. I thought it was after. I think it was.
0: I think it was. um, Let's see.
1: It's. uh, Oh. Oh no. Sorry. It's ninety three. So I guess he wouldn't have known about that. Interesting. But uh, definitely throughout this episode and all the other ones there are there are moments that I could like point out maybe homages to other films There which... are
0: references. Yeah, and and if you've ever seen uh Sunset Boulevard, the name Gordon Cole is oh, from that. Yeah. Okay.
1: I have not seen the film but I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah, so uh Gordon Cole comes there um you know, Philip Gerard comes from something. I'm not I'm not sure quite what. Um And, you know, we have Madeline Ferguson as well here.
1: Yeah, interesting. But back to this Madeline scene. I don't know about you, but I found this utterly terrifying. Oh, my goodness. The the shot composition, they're so close to the people's (sighs) faces. So, yeah. So we've only seen Laura, the actual Laura, through flashbacks and her dead body. But seeing – so it's the same actress, different character. But her smile is so wide and her eyes are so big and – something about that performance and, and the way the camera was so close in on her, oh, that just, like, sent chills down my spine. That was so terrifying. It was just, she almost looked too perfect and the way she was laughing. And it, I, it, and once again, the, the parallels between this and Invitation to Love, you know, James, it, it appears, you know, James is definitely, because he, he, he sees, he um, he sees Laura in her, and you can tell he's kind of, he's kind of falling, falling in love again. It's interesting, very much so like Vertigo. Yeah. Um, and it, and in the invitation to love thing, we, it, it talks about how the lady is just seducing the guy to get, you know, the will or something. And that's kind of what I got from this scene. It, it seemed like what Madeline was saying and how she was acting was just too, it was too perfect. It was too, it seemed too, like, tailored, too hand-tailored to appeal to James.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really did. And, and I mean, of course, you know, it's it's a new female character, so of course that... Uh, James is going to fall in love. with Oh, her. of course, because <laughs> you know how could he not? He's he's James.
1: Yes, and of course, this takes place right after he's talking to Donna, the girl. <laughs> yep. he apparently loves. <laughs> yeah,
0: apparently, but uh, but maybe not. We'll we'll see where that goes. There's an interesting triangle brewing. I feel. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so, but I, yeah, and then it's it's interesting because yeah. Madeline says that she's there because she's kind of like getting food for um, Laura's parents. Which, you know, like the invitation to love thing, it kind of seems like she's just, you know, maybe she's hanging around for some ulterior motive. She's taking care of them and, you know, at, staying at their house. But I would not be surprised if she's, you know, trying to get some something else.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we can certainly see where that goes. Yes. Um, there's, there's, there's so much to be suspicious about, you know, whoever these characters are. Yeah. Um, in pretty much every plot line. Basically, yeah. Um, and speaking of suspicious, we then get a scene with Ben. Uh, and he's you know on this uh this stationary bike um, and he's exercising and he's on the phone with uh i guess I guess it's the ice the Icelanders maybe yeah,
1: so the people from the first episode, the failed business deal those were yeah. swedes those were
0: those were the Norwegians I'm pretty sure.
1: Okay, and these are the the ice. the yeah, the Icelandic investors. Okay, so, so it's so. like it failed with the Norwegians, so now they're moving over to They're the, just going all around Scandinavia they're just trying, trying to find, find s- trying to someone. find someone
0: who will buy Ghostwood.
1: Yeah, and he's cracking these jokes and kind of playing it up with the guy and then his brother comes on. He's like, "Who the hell is that bozo?" <laughs>
0: Although, you know, he says he's Ben so we can't hear what's going on on the other on the yes. other line. But Ben says something uh, he goes, "No, I don't know what you get when you cross a Norwegian and a Swede." and I really want to find out what the joke is. I'm so sad that we didn't get to hear what that joke was. A Norwegian. I know. Interesting. A Norwegian and a Swede. And I was just really bummed that we couldn't hear the other <laughs> line, because I think it's probably a good joke. But, probably. Um, yeah, and, of course, he gets on with Jerry. and Jerry, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ben and Jerry is a fun dynamic, even, even when you can only hear one of them. Yes. <laughs> um, but then, uh, you know, Audrey comes in, and they have a, what I think is also a really good scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really write write many notes down Me for either. it. Just because I was just watching it um, so intently because there, there was some great acting um, from both of them.
1: Yeah, so, you know, Audrey... We learned before she wants, she's try, she's kind of interested in this whole investigation thing, and she's trying to get to Cooper, so she she talks to her dad, and she really wants to, you know, she's starting to think about the future, and he should as well, and she wants to get a job. And at first he blows her off, and he's like, all right, you know, I've heard this one before. But then she starts, she really persists with it, and you can tell he's like, all right, you know, maybe she is actually serious, so and she wants to work at the perfume counter. Mm-hmm. She wants to find out what's going on there, so... Yeah, it, it's very it's eerie because then he uh, at the end of the scene, uh, Ben gets a phone call and he kind of picks it up and, and I don't know if you noticed but right before he picks up this phone call uh, this phone uh, Aud,
0: after Audrey leaves he just gives this weird little smile just for a split second and then uh uh-huh. just kind of looking yeah down because there.
1: Audrey's kind of hanging there and he's like you know thank you you know like mm-hmm. you can you can go now I got to talk on the phone got to do you know professional business and yeah he offers up this weird little smile. It's, it's interesting because we you know we know what Aubrey's intent is here, but I was kind of surprised that her dad bought all this because yeah. it's it's you know uh, implied that this has happened many times before. But yeah. we know that she's very
0: manipulative, very, and yes. she is willing to uh, do a lot to get what she wants, and sometimes it's attention, but here it's uh, to get a job at the perfume counter to find out what happened with Laura. Yeah, so it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, he he completely falls for it, and um, you know he he agrees to give her a job, and um, yeah. So th- then he picks up this phone, and he says, "You know, meet me at me, you know, meet me at the river by um, you know at at whatever time, time and you know. be
1: discreet." Yes, be discreet. And he's speaking to Leo, who mm-hmm. we find out later is not too discreet, not <laughs> not being very discreet at all, not discreet.
0: Um. And then, yeah, so then we have this whole uh, police raid, uh, Jock's apartment, and we just have some random tennis players that it kind of... Oh, yeah. The camera (laughs) kind of focuses on for a minute. Yeah, Um, they're
1: they're doing their thing, and they, like, like... like I think they like do a high five or something. At the yeah, end. yeah. I was like, "What is going on here?" But yeah, then so the raiding Jacques' apartment, really cool scene, yeah. uh, very suspenseful. So they're they're going in, and then we see that Bobby's inside. He's planting the bloody shirt. Bobby runs out, tries to escape. Hawk chases him in his car, uh, loses him in the woods though. But they find the bloody shirt.
0: Yeah, but but they don't know that that's Bobby, right? So yep, when so they when don't. they
1: say like I lost him, he, you know, he went into the woods, they think that that's Jacques. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So they, they buy the bloody shirt uh, thing and they, they draw the connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then we cut to I believe more investigation with the birds, right? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, they find out that he's specifically a a minor
0: bird. Oh yes, they find out that uh, he is owned by Jacques.
1: Yeah, and okay. With the whole, with, when Andy finds the bird and he says Waldo, was that a Where's Waldo joke?
0: Uh, it <laughs> like, might have been like yeah.
1: like he found Waldo. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. You know uh, I mean? Yeah, I found him. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. I don't know when Where's Waldo came out, but
0: I, I'm not sure. We can we can can, sp- can
1: we get a fact check on this? Yeah, where Where's Waldo? Came I will out? absolutely uh, research because history I was like of Where's Waldo? Was that a? I, I, I don't know. Okay, maybe this is a this is a far stretch, but what color does Waldo wear? red. <laughs> like, ah, just maybe. I just I was having the the picture of Waldo in my mind. It seemed like something that would appear in Twin Peaks. So, I I don't know. Maybe that maybe that was a connection. <laughs>
0: maybe Also, li- I'm I'm seeing that apparently in Britain this is called Where's Wally.
1: Oh, really? what? Did, what? I, did, I did not know that. All right. Um Is it eighty
0: eighty seven? Yeah. first time it was published. So, very, that's very possible. I don't know.
1: It seems like something Lynch would do. <laughs> yeah, it, it really does. So I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, so red and white stripes. You yes. Have, you have red, which we know... uh every, everywhere. Right? That's everywhere. We have white, which could represent, you know, purity. We have the duality there of the <sighs> two again. colors. Once again, yes. So even Where's Waldo is getting in on this uh, duality <laughs> theme action. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, really... All we have left, uh, yeah. Okay, so we have we have a few good scenes. So yes. Ben and Leo in the woods. We just talked about that. Oh yeah. So um, and
1: yeah. So this seems this scene comes right after. Is it the police investigation? I right? think it is. Yeah. But it's it's an eerie scene because there's this like dark music playing underneath it all, and we get we get like the shot of the red the red Corvette that stands mm-hmm. out very brightly in the woods, not discreetly at all. Red again. Yep. And yes, then right. like the music kind of like picks up, and then we see Ben. He's talking to Leo. And it's revealed that Leo killed Bernard.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we knew that he was mean. Like we knew he was a bad guy because he beats Shelly and stuff. But I mean, he killed this guy. Yeah. Um, Wait. So and now he's still in the you know running drugs with his brother. Wait.
1: So why did he kill him? I'm confused. So I. So have we seen Bernard before? I don't think we have. So Jacques is the bartender. Yeah. So we saw Jacques in the previous episode. That's right. He was walking on the road, Uh... I believe. In the car or something. Yes, and, and, he, and, and then he, and then he got the f- call from the payphone. And then they captured him, and they were interrogating him, right? And he gave, yes. a, in that, like, French accent. I, yeah. don't, Ooh, know, I don't know nothing that's about right. it. Okay,
0: no, that was Bernard that we that saw, that Bernard. they were interrogating. Okay. And then uh, Jacques, yeah, okay, so Bernard is the janitor, Jacques is... Uh...
1: The bartender. Yeah. Yes, bear with us as we reacclimate ourselves yeah, with, this, it, with this the is, It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Okay, so he killed Bernard, but... It, I, I'm confused as to why. I think I don't know. I think it was some kind of you know
0: he, he double crossed me. Okay, yeah. Type thing. And then he
1: and then he says about Jack that they had a long talk in Canada, and he's gonna stay there.
0: He's gonna stay in Canada, which is interesting.
1: Which I mean, it, it makes it sound like he killed him, but I mean, I don't, I don't think he did. Yeah. Uh. Well, I yeah no, I hadn't thought of this before, but um, just like th- that sounds like. You know like like secretly saying yeah we had a long talk he's gonna stay there you yeah
0: know? In, uh, in the movie um, Holland Drive uh, which is also David Lynch which uh, we reviewed on the Cinema Talk podcast go back and listen to that episode Ooh, yes. um, was not uh, there but listened to yeah, it. yeah that's right that was before Matt was with not, us I still
1: have not seen the movie as well
0: <laughs> but yeah but um, yeah that was, that, that was a fun episode but um, in the in this movie you know the the main character has some uh, line about how. Um, her her mother or grandmother or someone is filming a movie in Canada and apparently that's supposed to be like um a metaphor for, you know, she's dead. Um, ah. so I think that uh I think that this might be kind of alluding to the same thing, um or at least that, you know, Leo wants him dead. Um mm-hmm. we know Leo loves money and, and so he wants to maybe be getting all the money out of this.
1: Yes. Yep, so then we find out, you know, Ben is hiring Leo to do the burning of the mill. The mill, the yeah. Mill, that job. Which I don't form.
0: think we knew before. Yeah, we did I think not. this is the first time Leo is, and this is the first intertwined th- with this
1: plot. Yeah, this is the first time they're meeting. Yeah. Because he says, um, so-and-so said you were good, you know, yeah. don't let me down, or something along those lines. Yeah. And, and all the while, throughout this conversation... um, the The camera keeps them cutting to shots of the river next to them, which, once again, you know, the, you know Laura's body was found, you know, on on the on the river. So it just it adds a very ominous layer to it all.
0: Yeah, definitely, and and you can kind of feel that like Laura's death is still underscoring everything, mm-hmm. even though we've moved on to, you know, I mean, many of these things are completely different um, plot lines now and totally unrelated to what happened with Laura. But you can still kind of tell that she's underscoring. Her, yeah. Almost like, you know, her essence is like in the water and it's
1: yeah. you know, still influencing. I mean, yeah, and the music completely, completely adds to that. Cause that, that Laura Palmer's theme is everywhere.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and especially in this next scene, yes. um, you know, with James and Donna. And I think this is a really good, um, kind of bookend scene, uh, to the episode. Um, you know, we, we had Sarah talking about the vision in the beginning and talking about the necklace and, you know, we saw Donna look really worried, um, that someone found it, and you know, she and James go back, and, and sure enough, they verify that Sarah's vision was was correct, and someone stole that necklace.
1: Yeah. So, Jacoby has the necklace, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Because we in the first episode we saw the gloved hand reach down, mm-hmm. but then we saw in a later episode that he has it. Yes. 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 Yeah. Because he was crying with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So we don't know if he's the one that originally took it from the woods. We don't, okay.
1: Um.
0: But, but yeah, we we know that someone took it and then he has it. I think we can probably assume yes, it was him. But yeah, it's interesting. I don't know a lot of these smaller details are like things that even I don't remember. So I know. I, yeah. So when I, when I say those things, like I'm kind of formulating them. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah. And, um. They're talking. Uh, Donna says about her mom that like Laura used to say that her mom was a sort of a kook. Like she was, you know, kind of kind of crazy. Maybe she's had visions like this before. Mm-hmm. Um, and James says that sometimes it's like i really do see her referring to laura you know and talking about madeline you know just earlier that day he had was like he had seen laura all over again and yeah it's it's interesting you know it's he's he's talking to donna his his love um (laughs) in the quotation marks his love but then he's you know it's like i really do see her talking about madeline you know he's He's kind of balancing these two women right now. It's it's interesting.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, he's kind of in an opposite situation from uh, you know Norma and Shelley. Uh, I mean, he's also got two women, and and he doesn't know what to do with either one of them.
1: Interesting. Um, yeah.
0: Although, I mean, he knows what he wants to do with both of them, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he won't. Yeah. Yeah. So also during the scene, they hear uh, an owl in the yeah. woods, and and there's almost a comical kind of zoom out <laughs> shot uh, from them it, it just zooms out really fast and we see this owl and after that they just kind of go back to you know saying their lines and, do, and doing this scene and then kissing eventually because what else would they do they're James and Donna in the woods of course um, but yeah I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna kind of ask you to keep that in
1: the back of your head that, okay. that owl thing Um Wait. we'll eventually see where that goes does the owl appear in the opening theme song like a owl um, it might. I think it might. I'm I'm not sure, but yeah, because I know yeah, the bird does. It An owl might, but yeah, that was interesting. The 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 quick zoom in was kind of like something you've seen in old '60s TV shows. It was funny. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'll be interested to see where that goes. I don't. Yeah. Just, yeah. Okay, I will remember. Okay, cool. <laughs> um,
0: and then now we have um, we have Josie. We're with Josie and Pete. Um. Josie gets the call from Truman that we talked about earlier. She yep. just dodges the question immediately, uh-huh. completely dismisses it. Um, and then what I think is really, a really nice scene with Pete and Josie.
1: Yes. Um, um, the mayo. Can we talk about the mayo? <laughs> we can talk about the uh, mayo. Okay, yeah. So Pete comes in, and he's kind of like, he's kind of nervous, kind of dancing around, and he eventually gets to it. He wants Josie to fish with him in a competition. Mm-hmm. And oh, I love Pete. I just love the actor, and then he delivers the lines. It's yeah. really funny. Um, but, yeah, and then... Um, he like, he says he's hungry or something and, um, that he could, you know, he could eat a whole horse is what Josie says. Yeah. And Josie says, you know, I made you a turkey sandwich and she gets out this bread and she starts like spreading mayo on it. But the camera like focuses in on the mayo to the point it's where you're very like, focused you're on like the mayo. it's like, that's not normal mayo or something is wrong here. Cause and there's kind of like this weird sound that comes with it as well. It was very yeah. off putting, um, But I I don't know what... Is the mayo laced with something? Like, I don't... And then, then, I mean, and then the episode closes with revealing that uh, Josie has some sort of connection with Hank.
0: Well, I I want to go back to the mayo because while while Pete is walking away, this is just such good acting here from both of them because Pete is just walking away and, and I guess this is due to the directing too. But he just gives this... Lifts up the bread, gives this subtle little check, you know, that there's enough mayo. Yes. And then he just goes and... I think so I think that's great acting uh,
1: great uh, <laughs> acting and directing by Tim Hunter. It's funny because cuz she says uh, I made you a turkey sandwich and he's like oh is Catherine home and she's like uh, no, and he's like, all right, put some mayo on yeah, that. Put some it's mayo. like, okay, does Catherine really hate the mayo? Catherine is just strictly anti-mayo. <laughs> she, she, she's just not letting Pete it. have mayo on his turkey sandwich. So the, once, the well, things she hates are are <laughs> mayo, Pete, and the mill. Basically, <laughs> so once once Catherine's gone, I mean, chaos ensues. There's mayo on sandwiches. I don't know what to do. It, it's a little bit crazy. <laughs> That's so. right. That's
0: right. Um, but yeah, no, as you said, there's the. There's the mail that Josie gets and a phone
1: call. Yes, okay, phone call. This is, this looked like a, a complete Batman homage to me. When, mm-hmm. so the phone rings, and then it's, the camera is tilted, it's at this Dutch angle, and you see her like walk toward it and pick up the phone. It, it re- re- resembled so much the old 1966 yeah. Batman TV show. Because Cause they're in like the study and. Yeah, and, and the phone is phone. like that old classic phone, but then to her right is an, a clock that's in enclosed in a, uh, a, gas, a glass case in okay. Commissioner Gordon's office in the TV show. He had, the phone is in, in the glass case. Commissioner so, Gordon Cole? Yes. Possibly. Uh, oh, connection. oh, my goodness. Yes. Making something else? So that, that looked like a little Batman homage. But yeah. yeah, she picks up the phone and who is it but Hank sucking on his domino. Sucking on his weird domino. <laughs> and, and like, he he's sucking on that domino. He's... Like, he's He's Going not, to town on him. He, he's not he's not licking it. Like he's like that thing is in his mouth. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. And it's not just like when you like kinda like nervously like chew no. your fingernails, like oh, it's not God. kind of like a I don't know. It's weird.
1: And it's it, really it's weird. It's on like a keychain or something. Yeah. It's very like, off putting. They let him to have say like the least. To let him have like one little object in prison. He chose it down. Maybe he's like sucking it into like the shape of a shiv and that's how he's going to escape. <laughs> but he's got parole now, so he's getting out. I don't that's know. That's true. And, and I mean, he's,
0: he was not making good progress on that <laughs> thing. Cause
1: no. It, it doesn't seem to be I, very I, sharp. He looked all. like he was having way too much fun sucking <laughs> that domino. <laughs> it was not just for a shiv. I don't know what's going on but, there. Yeah. But definitely. once again, like this, this, this Hank that we see is completely different from the Hank that we saw talking with Norma. And in front of the judge. This is, you know, this is some. I don't know what's going on here, but. Yeah. Yeah, So that's. He's he's kind of got a
0: Laura Palmer type double life going
1: on there. I don't know, yeah. That is the end of the episode, though. Yeah, but. um, Yeah, I was kind of thinking
0: about this episode, and I I think overall what happens in it, and and what I think is a really good writing job by. uh, I don't know who, because I just closed (laughs) the book for some dumb reason. Uh, The sacred Uh, text. But (laughs) the sacred text, but you can go back in the episode and, and. figure out who the wrote this thing. Um, I think it's re- I think what, what kind of ties this whole episode together is that there are a lot of times where someone is just getting in the way of something. Um, and it really happens with, uh, you know, Cooper and Jacoby. We kind of, we talked about that earlier. Um, how Cooper is just asking these hard hitting questions. Jacoby's doing his magic tricks and talking about Hawaii. Um, But then, I mean, earlier in that police station, uh, sequence, you know, Cooper and Truman are asking Lucy, uh, about some files and, and, you know, she goes on this long monologue about invitation to love. Um, and she just kind of gets in the way of that whole thing. Other times that's happened. Um, Truman's asking Josie about, um, being at the motel and she just hangs up right away. Mm -hmm. Um, Hayward is yelling at Donna about the lasagna, um... (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, she's asking something completely serious to James. Uh, and, you know, then there's this owl that interrupts the scene and they move... Like, they move right on. There's the llama the that llama. just walks through while they're talking about murder. And so I think that's what's really clever about this episode.
1: And whoever, whoever this writer is, I hope that we see more of them. It's... Yeah. And it's like what Cooper said. Um... the line the quickest route between two objects is not always not always a straight line. And and
0: from those tangents, we sometimes get some really interesting stuff. I mean, sometimes it's just the llama and he (laughs) just goes right past. But um, you know, even even with uh, uh, Ben and Leo in the woods, you know, they're supposed to be talking about the the drugs in the mill, and uh, Ben you know goes on a tangent about this about this car, the red Corvette, and and they end up having some really cool dialogue with the scene that I think kind of directly, um, you know, that directly leads into their more serious discussion. So, yeah, I think it's very clever writing.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely not going to be a straightforward investigation. There's gonna, a lot. Of, I mean, there's there's like four seasons in total, right? In like a movie, so there's yeah, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> the movie. Uh, yes, yeah, um, it's yeah, there's going to be a lot going on, and I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, I'm going to. It's been a while since I saw a Twin Peaks episode, but I'm gonna <laughs> go home tonight and watch the next one.
0: Well, there's, we've seen a lot of suspicious things. We know uh, we know Hank is in with some uh, dirty stuff. We know Leo too, and and we have these elements of uh, you know Philip Gerard being introduced now. So uh, I gotta ask you, as I give as neutral yeah, yeah. As po- a response as possible, who do you think, Laura? Pa- uh, who do you think killed Laura Palmer?
1: Okay, so I think in the. All the the last episode I said her dad, and I'm then sorry. and the other all the other ones I said Bob, um, so her dad doesn't really make an appearance at all in here. But um, hmm, I I still there there aren't really any suspicious scenes with the dad because there's only one. But all the other episodes have been really suspicious with the dad. Um, but I don't I I don't know who else I would choose. I'm, I'm suspicious of Norma. I I think there's more going on there. I think she's one of those characters who we don't. There's not, you know, we, we know stuff about her personal life and the complications there, but we don't really know anything suspicious, but I think there's something underlining that. So I'm going to throw a wild one out and say Norma <laughs> killed Laura Palmer, okay, or, at well, least, or at least had some more to do with it all.
0: All right. Well, we will see where that goes in the next episode and all the other episodes. Um, do we have anything pertaining to Twisted Mug in general? Um, yeah. So we're going to be coming back after a very long time. Yeah. So
1: CTP has not been, uh, on the channel in a while, but we shall absolutely, uh, be making a comeback sometime soon. Um, me and Floyd are still putting out content, uh, the cinematic movie cinema movie journals. Um, we should have an episode coming out soon with the Oscars rolling around. And we just recently did our top 20 of 2018, which was, um, a super fun episode to do. Me and Floyd had a bunch of fun with it from last year. Uh, please go check that out of all the episodes we do on the channel. That's, uh, the top 20s are the one that take require the most editing and time because uh, we splice in a lot of you know clips from the from trailers and scenes that we like to highlight. Um, so I think I think it was a really cool episode. So I implore everyone to go check that out, even if you haven't seen the movies on the list. Um, it's it's we have a lot of you know small movies, big movies, so appealed to a lot of people. So yeah, great. But yeah, um, uh, back in style. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, we can't offer a definite date, but. We'll we'll try to get an episode out as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, we are we are both in our school's musical right now, um, so that's that's a pretty big time yeah uh, time <laughs> commitment. Um, but yeah, I mean we're gonna do our best. We're hopefully gonna get some more stuff out uh, pretty soon. Yeah, and on the rest of the channel too. I we haven't we haven't uh, specifically decided what uh, CTP movie we're doing up next, but we know that we have to do Aquaman to continue our. Uh,
1: uh dc series ah uh, yes and i think that'll inspire a uh pretty a pretty good discussion <laughs> yeah a lively discussion to say the least yes i mean if you've heard any of the other dc podcasts we did they were all pretty funny so. yeah
0: i mean definitely go back and listen to uh those you know if if you enjoy this show um you know ctp is this times two um so yeah definitely it's go quite with, literally yes <laughs> yeah um so yeah, I mean go go back listen to all those episodes listen to our Stop Wait What episodes that's our comedy podcast where we just have a lot of fun it's <laughs> it's all the tangents without um you know having to talk about uh, any TV shows or movies uh you know, and be serious. So. Yes,
1: it's all the tangents of CTP without Floyd bringing us back to course, back to the main plot exactly. line of the film. So. Exactly, it's, it's basically
0: just... what if Ryan Floyd did not exist, and, <laughs> and so <laughs> yes, so we just went on all these tangents. Quite but um, yeah, that's kind of what's going on with us. Um, I we don't we don't usually plug like our social media stuff on on Back in Style, but I I guess we should. You can. Uh, email us
1: yes uh um i i, I believe it's at, uh I, the CTV. i think it's still stopwaywood okay stopwaywood at gmail.com that's that's for all the shows even though we're yes no. if not uh let us know <laughs> Yep. Please. but no as always you know give us good ratings comment if you like this episode um yeah let yes. us let us know your thoughts and find us out on social media but yeah I think I think that's a wrap for this episode.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're always looking for questions, always looking for um, you know stuff that we can talk about on our next episode. So really, anything, um, just let us know. Probably leaving a comment on you know uh, Podbean, Spotify, wherever, yep. Apple Podcast, wherever you listen. Um, yeah.
1: All right. That's all I got. All right. Yep. So thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next time with episode five slash six. That's right. See you next time. <laughs> See ya. No.